Today we will be tackling the book of Haggai. This is a serious break, but I felt in my heart that I need to share this. This was something that the Lord dealt with me many years ago, and every now and then he reminds me of this text, the whole book of Haggai. So I share to you today something that has been in my heart for a very long time, and once in a while God reminds me of his message on the book of Haggai. Why do we read the Bible? One reason why we read the Bible is to know God more, to understand God, and that is about relationship. In any true relationship, there is a desire to know one another and a desire to be known. The same way with God, we know that God knows us by name. He knows what's in our minds and in our hearts. In return, we should also have an effort to know God, our Father, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, studying the Bible or reading the Bible somehow gives us a glimpse of who God is. Every now and then, every chapter, every book somehow reveals to us the God we serve. And that's what, that is why we study the Bible. Not for the sake of studying. It is not merely an intellectual exercise, but more of the desire to know Him our God and Savior. So in Haggai, we understand something about God. Well, let me give you the background. How many of you know that the background is very important? Huh? The background of Scripture. You don't just take what's, what verse says and that's it. We have to understand the background so we understand the interpretation. You cannot just interpret without the background. Without the background, you will get lost. So the background is, after um, more than 70 years, they returned to, to, to Judah. They were captivated by first Babylonia, and then, of course, that was a world power. They were judged by God, and they were allowed to be, captive, to be captives in a foreign land because of their disobedience, mostly because of their idolatry, having other gods other than God himself. They would give in to the culture of the people there where they, they served other names other than Yahweh. They served other statues made by man's hands and worshipped them. And because they were so stubborn, God allowed that a foreign country would invade them. And Jeremiah and many prophets warned them of the doom that will come. Yet they were stubborn. They would not change. So it happened. Babylon became a world power, and the ones mighty Israel, in their history, they were mighty. They were hard to defeat from the time of Joshua to King David and the stability that Solomon gave. They were stubborn, and through many years, God was patient, yet at one time, God had to discipline his children, Israel, specifically in this part, Judah. They were disciplined, but then Persia rose up, after a certain time, Persia rose up and became the world power, and they defeated, defeated Babylon. And the Persian king had a heart for the Jew and said, you may return and reestablish your life in Jerusalem. You may establish your life again in Israel. So they went, many, and that was also in the time of Ezra. This book, chapter 1, is in the time of Ezra specifically in chapter 5, verse 1 of Ezra, it's the same time. Where they came back, they started rebuilding. 
they re started rebuilding the foundation of the temple because the temple was totally destroyed. And they tried to rebuild the place of worship where they could sacrifice to the Lord in worship. And they did that. However, there were some who tried to go against them, like the Samaritans were against them. And because of that hurdle, some of them lost the zeal to rebuild God's temple. So after 14 years, the building of the temple was either slow or it was halted. Slow or halted. Thus God raised Haggai. Let me read the introduction. After more than 70 years of exile, God's people returned to their land. They restored worship and built the foundation of the temple, but everything went slow. They got used to life without a temple. Their prior priorities were, again, their priorities were farming, raising children, and building their houses. There's nothing wrong. These were committed Jews. They love Yahweh like you and I. They love God. However, they're also doing what God wants them to take care of their families, to farm, to take care of their homes. However, there was still something wrong. There's nothing wrong with taking care of your own family. In fact, we should. The Bible said it is a dishonorable thing if we do not provide for our own family. That is a dishonor. People who strive hard to work to provide for their families is a godly thing. However, however, if God is not first, if the kingdom of God is not first, then there is still something wrong. These people were dedicated, but somehow, you know, you can understand them. We've been away for so long. We, ha we have lost so much. Now we just returned. Can't we just mind our own business, forget the temple for a while? And such is the thinking of us. That's why I told you God reminds me of this every now and then. Because I, as I serve the Lord, there are times in my mind, sometimes my mind is more preoccupied with earthly things that are necessary, like providing for my family, like, like dealing with, with, with loans or debts or obligations or liability. That is good. We should continue to do that, but not in the expense of there is less time or no time for contributing in the kingdom of God. In 520 BC, God raised Haggai, his messenger, to call the people to change their ways and rebuild the temple first. The good thing now, the people obeyed. Because before, when the prophets warned them, destruction will come. Yet, they did not obey. This time, they obeyed. In fact, if we go to verse 9, let, let us jump to verse 9. You look for much, behold, it comes to little. You look for much. You dream big. You worked hard. But that's not really, you know, if I were to paraphrase this, I could have given you more if you put God first, if you put me first, if, if I were to paraphrase. If you put God first, you could have had more. But right now you have this, a little. But you desired much, but only little came. When you bring it home, I blow it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house, which lies desolate, while each of you runs to his own house. Therefore, because of you, the sky has withheld its dew, and the earth has withheld, withheld its 
produce. I called for a drought on the land, on the mountains, on the grain, on the new wine, on the oil, on what the ground produces, on men, on cattle, and all the labor of your hands. Then they listened. So here was a situation where the priority was no longer the temple of God. They still worship, by the way. That's why they had an altar. They rebuilt the foundation. They wanted that. However, their actions did not support it. Sometimes that's like us. Our minds would, uh, would be saying, God is first in my mind. God is always first in my life, but our actions don't show it. Actions would mean the time that you put in the kingdom of God, in serving God, and uh, the time you put in in your mind, and even your resources. Where do we put our resources? Again, there is nothing wrong with building our home, with building our house, but it should disturb us if God's house is not built. As a consequence, the fruit of their labor was not blessed, meaning they were working on their own strength. We know the concept of grace, where not on our own strength, but by the grace of God. And that is also possible that dedicated Christians can work so hard with their own strength and yet miss the blessing and still miss the blessing. And that's why we pray, Lord, we've, I've done this so much. Why is nothing happening? Uh, why am I not blessed in my relationships? Why am I not blessed in, 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 my, in my business or in my career? Why, Lord? This, this could be one reason. This may not be the only reason. Sometimes God just wants to test you like Job, right? Job lost everything. It was just a test. Not because he had sin. Here in this situation was, you're not achieving what you're supposed to achieve. You're supposed to be here according to my plan, but you're only achieving this. Because God is not first in your life. You have so many excuses. You say, I'm busy. You say, I don't have time. Uh, because I'm taking care of my children, and I still have to pay uh, the, the, the student loans or whatever. We have so many legit excuses. Take note, legit. So if you give an excuse, I would most likely say, I agree, that's legit. However, it is not accepted. Oh, there's a difference. It's legit, humanly speaking. But in terms of a God point of view, God is saying the kingdom first, my temple first, the things of God first, because that is the way of the kingdom. In the New Testament, when Jesus taught about the kingdom, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That is the thinking of the kingdom. In the way of God, the ways of God, in kingdom mindset, it's still about God, his kingdom, and the things of God. And he, take note, he will take care of our needs. If you remember the life of Abraham, as we had a series on Abraham, was God said, You shall be a blessing to all the families of the earth, and I will make your name great. Take note, it was God who said, I will make your name great. Abraham did not try to make his name great, not like what many self-help teachers will tell us, self-help books will tell us, he, Abraham, did not apply positive thinking. I am great. I am amazing. No, Abraham had faith in God. And it was God who made his name great. The same way with us, friends. As we 
focus on God first. Let God do the blessing for us. Let us learn to trust God. I have known so many stories of testimonies of different brothers and sisters who said, as I gave more time to the Lord, somehow the Lord just opened the doors of blessing. We were in a CBAP conference. We, are, we belong to an association of many, many community, local communities, local churches around the Philippines. Our family, the CBAP family, has around more than 500 or around 600 local churches nationwide. Can you imagine that? That's huge, right? 600. We belong to that family. And there was this one pastor who pastors a small church. And he gave this testimony. A few years ago, uh, when the association had a debt and they were raising money from the members, he was doing chemotherapy. He had cancer. Fourth stage. And he said every month he spends 50,000 pesos for chemotherapy. And during that event, he, he believed that God dealt with him in his heart. He believed it was God dealing with him to skip his next chemotherapy and give it to the Lord. <laughs> Every medical doctor would say, you're crazy. But that was his faith. As he gave, he was right there standing a week ago, completely healthy, jumping around. He said, if you saw me before, I was like bones. No hair. My skin doesn't look good. But right now, God has made me healthy. He gave the next chemotherapy, 50,000, to the association for the kingdom of God. And then a lot followed him, and the debt was paid. But in return, God blessed him. Humanly speaking, that it does not add up. But again, God is not human. God is above human. God is above rational. He is divine, and his ways are different. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. That's why we must submit the way we think and say, Lord, is this the right way of thinking? I submit to you. If not, show me in your word that I may change it. If not, allow me to have this renewed perspective. The remnant came back, but they were not building God's house. It was not the priority. The priority was their own houses. As a consequence, the fruit of their labor was not blessed. It was like having holes in the bag of money. We read that like in a purse. You put in the money there, but somehow there are holes there. Don't we feel like that sometimes? <laughs> that we earn or we put so much effort in one thing and it just suddenly gone and disappear. Why? What's happening? We put so much effort on our career, then suddenly something happens unexpected and we just go down. Or sometimes even our health. Again, sometimes it's just God testing us, but sometimes it's perhaps because God is not first. Perhaps, maybe, our health is a problem, our relationships have problems, or, or, or uh, our, our career have problems, our business has problems, or even our ministry has problems, not always because there's a trial, but also because sometimes, not always, but there are times like at this situation because we did not put God first. Good thing God's people change their ways. He changed their ways. They changed their ways. And God was able to bless them. How do we apply this? 
after trusting Christ for our salvation, we must build his kingdom and his church community. Jesus said, I will build my church. And you know, when he said that, he also meant that he will be working through us, through you and me in building the kingdom of God. Take note, the word church is not necessarily a literal building. The word church in the Bible, the Greek word, is, is related to a community, a people of a people called out from darkness. It's more of a community, not necessarily a building. Although a building, this one was about the temple. The literal text is about a temple. If we apply this in the New Testament or today, it's about first God's people, his church community. I do believe every person has a role to contribute. It cannot be that we just come here like our previous religion where what? We just visit and go. On a Sunday, you just go in and go. Go in, listen to a message, sing a few, respond a little, and then go home. And the next Sunday again, you come here, and then you go home. That is not the ways of the Lord. It is about building one another. That's why we have small groups, and we invite you. In fact, I mean, if there are activities, we invite you to participate so we can get to know one another. If you come here and you don't know, have enough friends, Take the most of every opportunity when we make an open invitation. For example, the Women in Touch seminar or conference this coming Saturday. Come. Okay, if you don't have a costume, then come as Eve. No, I'm just joking. No. <laughs> uh, so I, I was saying there, women of the Bible, Eve, Sarah, and Rebecca. And then the prize was for Miss Rebecca. Best costume for Rebecca and Sarah. I agree. No Eve, okay? <laughs> so, uh, well... Uh, my point is, just come, the, get to know the other sisters. Why? As we meet other sisters, then you will discover that some of them have a wealth of knowledge in God's Word, and some of them have a wealth of knowledge with regard to experience, that so when you have problems, who do you call? Somebody who knows the Word of God. Why? Because if you don't know anybody that's deep in the Word of God, where will you get your advice? Where will you get your advice? What advice will you get? Like, who may problema ako sa asawa ko? Kumare, may problema ako sa asawa ko. Nang bababae siya. Pag walang alam sa Word of God, hiwalayan mo na kagad. Kinampihan ka, gusto niya na rin patayin. Imbis na ayusin kayo, patayan na lang tayo. <laughs> That's the advice you get. Or if you're a man, pare, parang may interesado sa akin yon. Where will you get advice? Sige pare, macho yan, macho. Not from a person who knows God's word that say there are consequences if you do that. The Bible said you will be reduced to a loaf of bread. That's figurative, by the way. It means you will suffer for it. It is in Scripture. So who do you know? That's why when we invite you, please do come if you're available or try to make time. We, we make this every now and then. There's an open invitation. Uh, December 18, the men will be here starting 530. But you can come if you, you're dismissed at 6. You can come. Uh, bring food, all right? Uh, just make sure, you know, somebody already brings bananas, so don't bring bananas. Uh, because if everybody brings bananas, okay, we look like monkeys, okay? <laughs> 
No, because there's this, we, every Monday we also have this small group of men meeting, around 10 or 12 of us. And it's always pot bless, or we commonly call potluck. Two of us always brings bananas. So I stopped bringing bananas because he brings bananas all the time. There's always an excess of bananas. But bananas are good for the health, right? <laughs> They're better than chichiria or whatever. They're better snacks. So going back, uh, take part. And if somebody invites you to a small group, please be faithful. That person is taking the effort and time to meet you. He or she wants to build the kingdom by helping build a relationship with you and inviting you to study God's word. They are taking the effort. While you say, oh, I'm busy, sakana, last priority si sis o si bro. No, this one first. And I had a hard time starting small groups here. Because before we were somehow influenced by a previous religion where we just come and go home. And, and growth groups are just studying Bible studies and fellowship without really transforming lives. Where discipleship is different. Discipleship is learning who you are, your problems, your challenges, your goals, and being there for one another. Wrong perspectives are gently corrected, firmly if you are stubborn, but there's that real relationship. Because if there is no love, there is no care. Look, why would I care? Who are you anyway? But if somebody tries to be concerned with your life and pray for you, it means the love of Jesus is there trying to manifest itself. No, no, it's not always emotional. The love of Jesus is what? Is unconditional. It is not, I love you because you're such good, you're good to me. No, no, we love because he first loved us. We share that concern to you, to you, to you, and invite you because he loved us first. And that's the extension. Let us connect. How can you say, how can you express your love to Jesus? Okay, I have a glass of water. I say, uh, how can I serve the Lord? Oh, Lord, please drink water right now. This is for you. Oh, can you see it? Can you see it? The water is receding. Huh? 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 It doesn't work that. How do I serve the Lord? By how do I give the Lord a drink? By giving a drink to my brothers. That's how. In fact, the context in John 13 was, love one another as I have loved you. The context was when Jesus was washing the feet. It is service. Giving time for you, inviting you to a certain time, is an act of service. So please do not take it lightly. Or, I I'm so busy today, that small group is not my priority. Or Sunday, sir, listening to God's word is not my priority. We also invite you to pray. Second and fourth Saturday of the month, a prayer meeting. Oh, some will say, but Pastor Ed, I can pray on my own. So let me ask you, how long do you pray? How long do you pray? How intense do you pray? John James 5 said, pray, Elijah prayed fervently, but he was a man like us, but he did amazing things. How long do you pray? How intense do you pray on your own? What, five minutes? Ten minutes? What? Here we learn at least one hour of deep prayer and we learn to enjoy the presence of God. Feeling pa iba bitin. Some are telling me, can we make this weekly? Somebody even said, can we make it daily? So you give your reasoning, you can pray. Show me how intense. Huh? And that's why Christian life, some Christians life are weak. Emotionally weak, mentally weak. 
within in the face of temptation so weak it's the body that makes us stronger when we learn to pray together in the depths of it when we learn God's word together we become stronger no bilis magtampo ang bilis ang bilis magalit because it takes time to transform in the presence of God and in the word of God but somehow that we can say is kingdom first as we build our relationship with God we must reach out to others with the good news what's the good news Jesus died for you and me that's part of the kingdom of God that we should go and make disciples go and make disciples spread the good news in whatever way you can whether it's Facebook sharing sharing a video that that shares the gospel or inviting friends and asking somebody can we share the gospel or sharing your life testimony on your birthday or a Christmas party take advantage of everything where we can share God's word or one on one really inviting somebody and drawing a gospel presentation oh i i asked doc steve uh, to next year to give us a a training a series and i hope you you'll be there on sharing the gospel affect different ways of sharing the gospel in different contexts i hope you'll be there so that we would know how to share the gospel of course we can share it by just sharing our testimony but he will share us a structure and i hope you'll be there we must reach out with the good news and make disciples of Christ. Disciples is what? A learner. A disciple is a learner. We want people to be learners of Christ. That's what's make disciples, make others learners, hungry to learn the word. Not only learners, another meaning of disciple is adherent. They adhere to the teachings of Christ. But not only adherent, also apprentice. Apprentice. And that's exactly what I do when I invite people to my life. This is how I think. This is how I do it. This is what I learned from the Bible. Let's do it. Apprentice. You know what an apprentice, when a blacksmith needs to learn, he can't, it's not enough to learn from the books, right? You know, a blacksmith, the one who creates blades. Oh, right now, I'm just in love with traditional Filipino weapons. I'm, I'm just studying culture. I'm not a, uh, you know, I don't want to kill anybody. I just sort of want to collect because they're just wonderful. All around the world, people are collecting. Non-Filipinos are collecting our traditional Filipino weapons. Beautiful swords. And as I, as I looked all over YouTube how they make these swords, you can't learn them without doing it. You can't learn it without participating. You cannot just say, I know how it works. Step one, step two, step three. No, you have to be engaged. And that's discipleship. As we invite people in our lives, we invite them to be engaged with God, engaged in service, that they, everybody, learns the ropes. As we worship God with His people, we must also participate in the activities of the kingdom. And we must also contribute in improving His place of worship. We have vision. We have plans here. Some have shared to me, Pastor Ed, when are we going to restart a school, our school? Oh, wait, wait, but it's in my mind. Any one of you want to participate in the planning and visioning of that? Uh, we'll be sending invitations of meetings here because that's in the, on the list. How about a, a bigger place of worship, like a campus, so we can, the families can come there and after service we can still eat together. 
Yes, we are thinking about that right now and praying. We just haven't finalized the place. But it's already in our minds. It's part of the vision. That's why some businessmen, I'm telling them, you have to earn more, okay? Because God needs our money when we build that, all right? So can I tell you right now, you have to earn more for the glory of God, amen? And may the Lord bless you. But there's no forcing. I won't ask you, oh, sis, you haven't given anything yet, huh? huh? It doesn't work here. Here, here, it's just if the Lord deals with you from your heart, you give. But it's for the community. It's for the community. You know, there are so many selfless people helping this community of ours. There are some, they're not paid. They just give their time. Some are very busy people. They have businesses, their careers, but still they offer time. So if sometimes we ask you, can you do a little drawing for this? Oh, please don't make it next year. If you say you're going to help, please do help. Don't make us feel that God's work is not a priority. Then just say, never mind. But I invite you all to help. When I was new as a Christian, I didn't know much. So what did I do? I was 15 years old. I just helped fix the chairs. That's all I knew. I helped fix the chair. Whoever fixes the chairs, I come earlier and help fix the chairs. It was a bad volunteer, though. It made me suffer. Because the chairs were on the ground basement. And I have to walk it to the fourth floor. There was no elevator. But it kept me thin then. Now that I'm not doing it, I'm no longer as thin. Uh, but but then, uh, then somebody said, hey, can you join the ushering group? Uh, what does an usher do? I was too young to know. You just smile and welcome them and lead them to their seats. Oh, I can do that. I can smile. That's easier than lifting, okay? So I got promoted to ushering, just welcoming people. Did I know anybody there? No, I only know three people. But as I became an usher, I learned to know everybody because I welcome them. They see my face. The first thing they see is my face. Then I became friends with many. It became an avenue to connect with others. God is good. Remember this. I know a lot of you are dedicated believers. But the same with these people. Now we know how God thinks. This is a glimpse of God's perspective. He wants to bless us, but He doesn't at times. In fact, He's sometimes the reason why we are not. Because He is not first. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we submit ourselves to you, to the Word of God, to your will. We pray, Lord, in our hearts that we serve because we love you first and you loved us. We serve because it's for you and your kingdom, not because we want to please people. So the way we serve is not dependent on how people act or think, but simply because we want to serve you. Teach us, Lord, to connect to your body because the temple in today's world is not a literal temple. It is your people, building the people. For so many times you have referred that the temple, yes, would be your people. Make us strong in our commitment and renew our minds and renew our perspective on things. We thank you. We glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us all rise.
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. Amen.